And we're back. Welcome to Printer Games, the podcast about what's new and awesome in 3D printing for gaming. I'm your host, Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param. I'm joined by Kristen Sowers, also known as Seventh Mastery. Kristen, I'm back. Yeah, you are I mean, back. I was back a few days ago, but we had an interview episode that was like planned. But I'm back from Essen Spiel. I'm yes, an international are. hobbit of mystery now. An international hobbit of mystery. That is amazing. Um, and I want to hear all about it. So let, yes. let's hear all about it. Yeah, I guess this is like, what did you do? Uh, I printed a bunch of crap and flew across the world. A 30-hour commute to get to Essen. <laughs> it was that's, not that's, fun. It was not fun. Like I, 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 Towards the end of it, I'm like, I am an airplane person now. I live in the airport. You're an airplane I, person? I exist only in this weird space of commercialism the liminality is. of between spaces yeah it's like all these airports are exactly the same but sometimes i can't read the signs yeah the um there is like a weird um uh art essay thing i wrote that's specifically about you know comparing the travel spaces of air airspaces to death mm-hmm. and i think that there's something there there is this kind of transitional energy in the airport and the confusion of moving from space to space and it's weird because because i had these 30 hour trips like mm-hmm. i got to experience like the same places at different times of day like both there and back and like the the nighttime airport is very different than the daytime airport even though it should in in all practicality be like just a 24 7 but it isn't is it it's It's weird it's weird i am much more a nighttime airport person Mm -hmm. the like late the bleary-eyed business commuters and the hardcore travelers and the half haunted never not quite everything's open you have to just take what you get there's just such a weird like it's like the shadow fell version of the daytime airport (laughs) We like and like. There's this uh, um, the Chicago airport, like at night when it's completely shut down, and there's like mm-hmm. all the dinosaur skeletons around. Ooh. And then like you go underneath the the tarmac and these long tunnels to get bet- the between the hub stations, mm-hmm. and it's like the lights aren't completely on, but the some of the art exhibits are on, and some of them aren't, and so you get like this weird, like chiming in voices from pre-recorded past with some lat show but it's not completely accurate and it's not completely functional while kind you walk haunted. through the empty hollow yeah it's like this is like this is like two steps away from a post-apocalypse but really it's just the current apocalypse that we're all living in in capitalism <laughs> i think um what is it i think it's uh minneapolis the international airport has a bunch of like weird ceiling art displays and when they're at night those things look really like creepy and and mm-hmm. like uh eerie otherworldly so the word i'm looking for oh, yeah drink way too much vending machine coffee well i mean you gotta drink coffee we have troy and blasted salmon flange here. hello troy hey blue salmon flange it's so glad to see you all joining us welcome welcome yeah and then i got to spiel uh, of course i was repping opr uh so mm-hmm. we had like our like this is technically our second convention but i'm not sure tlmx counts like of course TLMX it counts loved loved all 100 of, of those guests you painted you painted minis for it it counts yeah and those minis flew around the world to become demo they are international robot yes, yes. warriors and other things right yes yes and and thank you thank you to david and friend who helped me paint some of those that was that was super awesome uh so they have now toured the world 
they did not survive much. Like, oh no! The, um, between TLMX travel, which they actually TLMX was real gentle on them because there was just only one casualty of TLMX and it got re-glued. Mm -hmm. Um, but boy, Essen is a different beast. There are oh, two hundred thousand yeah? attendees at Essen. Uh, considering 80,000 attendees at Gen Con. Though Essen counts their numbers differently, I don't really mm -hmm. think it's a true 200 to 80 comparison. So it's not like two and a half times bigger? No, it was, it was honestly, I would say the same. If I had to guess, I would guess the same. Because uh -oh. uh, Gen Con is 80,000 uniques. Yes. And because uh, you Essen count daily attendance. Gen Con's numbers gets really big too. Yeah. And Essence is 200,000 tickets. Mm. And so if you appear four days, that's four tickets. Oh, so the tickets aren't, there's not like a pass for like a, a one and done situation? There is. There's, but I think that just counts as four. I think it's, I think the 200,000 is turnstile attendance. Interesting. Uh, Hello, James. Gen Con gives in that, like, there's like 150,000 turnstile attendance at Gen Con. So, yeah, bigger but similar. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely felt the same on the inside. It was just like this big old giant set of Essen was broken up into like a several different halls that were all mm -hmm. interconnected, but it looked like it was just like a big giant warehouse that got converted into space. But it is one building as opposed to one building and the attendant football stadiums and hotels and it was like if several small buildings were connected with tunnels. Each one of the buildings were about a fourth of the size of the Gen Con main hall. Okay. But there were lots of them. There were eight of them. Okay. Some of them bigger than the others. Um, so like all in all, I would say similar in size. But um, they were all like demo space stuff. There wasn't like individual room stuff going on or was there? I don't know. Oh, I'd, don't know. I'd be straight up honest. I don't know about that. That's fair. I lived fair. in the vendor hall. Yeah. And uh, that's where I spent all my day. Um, I gotcha. we set up the booth. Uh, we had like, some really wild stuff going on when we were setting up the booth. It was like, we need a display cabinet. They went to Ikea and bought this display cabinet, <laughs> a, um, a, a, a Doltoff, and set uh -huh. it up. And just built it. And, and then we just left it there because it was not worth hauling it back. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I have a friend named Dave who, mm -hmm. who stands by the opinion that you buy your Ikea when you get to a place and you leave it there. You never actually move your Ikea. I have moved Ikea furniture so many times, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, I, he had a point because I'd say about one in three of those times, a piece never actually survived the trip. It just was shaken apart. By well, it's just like, this was like, we were given this tip from other people that had attended the convention. That was like, uh -huh. no, whenever we show up in town, we buy the Deltoffs because and set them up. And then we just leave them. When we, we just leave the convention, they stay behind. <laughs> Do you have to tell anybody or I just, think like, I don't know what we're, they just know, about. they just know, okay, it's, it's past, you know, X time. These are all ours now. And they, like there was a they... dump area on the back and like, just like throwing a sign, free table, free cabinet, all those things. I'm sure they'll find a home. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure or they'll make a way to, to do dump, because Aww. there's lots of trash at the end of a convention. Yeah. Yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. Three times. Blast Samiflange says IKEA furniture can be moved a total of three times before it becomes way too ugly. Yeah, I'd, I'd say two to three times. That seems about right for me. By the third time, it's it's going going away. My voice was killed because I got COVID during the convention. So that was I know lovely. again, again. Is that twice or third time? This is my fifth COVID. Holy what? Did yeah. I not know that? Yeah, I've had COVID a lot. I mean, at this point, like it's just old hat. It's like. 
Oh, hello, COVID. Let's do this again. I this thought it was getting gentlest COVID, actually. I thought it was getting COVID after FanEx, mm-hmm. uh, which was the convention I went to right before you went to Hessen. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowhere near as big, but still mm-hmm. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and not nearly as, as geeky. Otherwise, there's a lot more 3D printing there this year than there had mm-hmm. been. But um, I got super sick from that, too. But it there was COVID. so much 3D printing at Essen. I bet. So much. Even more than Gen Con. So there was like tons was of 3D lot. printing companies. Titan Forge was there. Art yeah. Golden Games was there. Um, there was, uh, gosh, I don't even remember all of the crew that were there. My mini factory was there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were sharing a booth with them in Titan Forge, um, which was right across from Games Workshop's booth. Yeah, you so mentioned that. that. Yeah, that's amazing. And also right next to the Pokemon booth. So like we were, it was like it was like us games workshop pokemon and that was our corner i hope mini monster mayhem was somewhere near the pokemon booth because they have those two sets um and then no. like tons and tons of other places like a lot of like people with merchant license were showed up um there was somebody there mm-hmm. that didn't have merchant license oh no in trouble I can't give too much details. Wow. I was not involved with this. I don't think my company was involved with this. I just overheard that something went down like that. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely saw a lot of that at FanX. And um, I do know I talked to one person in specific. I was like, oh, yeah, how, how much was the merchant license for this this one? And they just got like really sheepish. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, no. But a lot of 3D printing that had nothing to do with selling pro- files and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um there was a uh like oh because this because spiel is like super board gaming like this is very yeah. board gaming You've and then also that. like half of it is very family oriented like there's a lot of like family kids are, focus are you stuff. saying the empire emperor's eugenic crusade to do terrible things is not family friendly <laughs> i mean they 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 do have uh, space marine adventures oh really <laughs> that's that they have a kids focused branch of warhammer wow yeah speaking of kids focus branch we had coloring book pages at opr booth and like i i got us a bunch of uh crayons that had uh, crayon boxes that had opr logo on them well we done them well done were they like color the toad mage it was yeah it was the gator oh, uh the nice. jackal sniper mm-hmm. the robot legions uh elite warrior and the Ratman captain Ah, so that was pretty close to your demo minis, actually. Then, uh, no, the the Saurians and the Robot Legion were demos, but the yeah, so the Gators, right? And the Robot Legion, yeah. So half of them were coloring sheets. That's that's like some good synergy. We like that. Mm -hmm. Ran lots of demos. I've at this point in time, I can run a demo just by like I don't even have to look at the rules or the stat cards. I can just like, and you need to roll a three up on that. They're up against that. They got AP two and rending, so you need a six plus on that. It's just it was so nuts. Like after by the time I ran that game, I must have run uh both games, like various versions of the game, like mm-hmm. at least 150 times now. That's cool though. Yeah. You've got your vibe down. And I got my pitch down too. Like uh my whole like, hey, would you like a free mini? And then like go into the full spiel about what OPR nice. is and getting do you game. do you avoid the salt problem? What's the salt problem? describing salt without saying salt because i think the fastest way to get people to understand any war game is unfortunately naming you know who oh yeah we don't name i never name you know who all right all right i never mention you know who 
if you just say this is a tactical combat game that simulates no, i say this is a we make a series of miniature agnostic war games that are free simple and easy to learn to play and like don't make me go into the spiel i really oh, don't but I like it spiel. i like hearing him do it no 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 like i have a whole thing now and it's like and and it's got variations based upon how that what facial re- responses I see that you're giving me when I'm giving the talk. You did not respond well to miniature agnostic. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody, honestly, I was super happy. Like everybody that sat down to play enjoyed the game. Like we did not have one grumpy Gus. Yay, um, that's good. Yeah, and uh, we had lots of people uh, post us on Instagram later of like tried this game out, printed the quick start set playing my first game with so-and-so yay that was me that was that was warm fuzzies it's not as cool as the warm fuzzies i got when at tmx when two kids demoed the game and then went off to play it by themselves neat that was that was the ultimate warm fuzzies so how did they do that did they that just had their own minis with them and they just like went oh cool there was lots like tmx was like lots of people with minis and, and stuff I guess you could probably easily just be like, yeah, well, it looks like you've got some blood angels there or whatever. You could use this army list for them. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, have you considered our battle brothers? Yeah. So it was fun. Um, and with, I also saw like lots of 3d printed props at the convention, like not just like the big statues and stuff like we were seeing at Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Like I went to, there's this really cool game that a lot of us at OPR kind of got addicted to called uh, catapult feud. Oh, which power is, defense? Uh, kind of. Okay. It, it's you have a catapult with a ball, and mm-hmm. your opponent has a catapult with a ball, and you have a bunch of building blocks that you build a castle with, and then you in the castle you hide six soldiers, mm. and the goal is to knock over your opponent's six soldiers. So it doesn't necessarily matter what the structural situation is if you can just figure out where the soldiers are. The str- it's a balance because you you the the castle you can build it to be stronger or weaker or it's like not just hiding the soldiers you also have to build the castle to resist being hit with the catapult ball and hmm. and like it's it's like uh, a lot of fun and like it has I like think a that sounds fantastic for like day two or three of the con when you're just like really stressed out and yeah tired. yeah, yeah but, uh, know, unfortunately like me and Tano uh, the the CEO of OPR. Mm-hmm. Uh, played it and we 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 could not get like it was super late we were super tired exactly what you're saying we were playing uh-huh. it, and we just kept accidentally just purely accidentally just nailing each other in the balls with the ball when we launched it it's just like boom like splash, actual you each other yeah oh my goodness not intentional um it was very <laughs> funny the first two times you weren't working out any workplace tension <laughs> no I was trying to get his last dude. We had both gotten five of each other's uh, soldiers and we were aiming for the sixth. And so and like, just somehow did that exact pressure that... point <laughs> was just not accurate. I because think because I would like I would sail right over his person's head like mm-hmm. and he would wiggle and then just a bam right in the crotch. No, I, I think that would probably go over a little less well in the wargaming crowd. Just in, yeah. in my experience. <laughs> Choo-choo train. So Param's got a, a train going by, and he's, he's got like a little second here to go. And why I mention it is they had 3D printed the entire game table that we played on um, that had like castle railings and like textured bottoms and stuff. 
So was it one of those like lock system ones we've seen yeah, on Kickstarter? I, I, I'm sure it's one we've talked about in the show. I just couldn't tell you which tell you one. Which one? It was like this entire giant game table we're playing on 3d printed and there's like 12 of them next to us and like hmm. that was really cool to see and that is neat yeah lots of 3d printed terrain everywhere people selling custom 3d printed terrain like so one person selling like really big grim dark terrain like crashed orc shuttles and like Ooh. like really awesome looking towers and ruined churches and and was it 3D printed also? Yeah, it was all 3D nice. printed. And it was all custom designs. Like, it wasn't, like, licensed stuff. It was, like, he made this stuff and sells it bespoke. And I'm like, yeah, that's I'm, cool as heck. I'm reaching out to a guy I met at Fanex because I was like, wow, do you have a commercial license? Like, what is all this stuff? I was looking at it. I couldn't quite place it. And he's like, mm -hmm. no, they're all mine. And I'm like, you have, like, hundreds of designs. I was like, Where's your, what's your My Mini Factory store? And he's like, I don't have one. And I'm like, no one knows who you are? You just sell these physically? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, dude. You could make bank selling your files. <laughs> so hopefully I, we're, hopefully we'll get them on the show. I'll see. But I don't want to say anything nice. at a at a school. So right. we'll just say it was really neat to see that kind of bespoke custom work. I got uh, some beholders and stuff and um, this really cool rat thing. I mean, I've never seen anything like any of it. So. Uh, let's see. Artist Opus was there. Oh. Um, I got to meet the crew of that and cool. pick up. I picked up the Series D finally. Mm. That was my one splurge item for the con. I I still wonder whether or not I am worthy of such a brush, but I have my I, ghost finds, and I still barely use those because like they're so nice that I'm mm -hmm. like, mm. I have learned to just shut up and use the brush like use the nice brush look life is too short to make myself suffer with a crappy brush meanwhile here i am you know speed painting with a craft store brush <laughs> hey craft store brushes have their place in the world although um i will stand by dollar store dry brushing sometimes <laughs> depending on what you're doing it can be fantastic but i've got these nice little kolinskis right here oh and i'm gonna use them you're gonna use them I'm going to use. I want to see the picture of their demise when okay. when when they're finally gone, mm -hmm. as proof that you have followed through on your commitment to use them. Because my nicest brushes, I've literally used like two of them. Yeah, but I also use this on all my brushes. Like every, at the end of we the are session. an audio show. What is this? <laughs> uh, this is this is the master's brush cleaner and preserver. Ah, it's brush I, soap. It's the the brush soap you can get pink, at every isn't it? store. Is it pink? No, no. This is the this is the masters. It's the smells slightly of lemons. Slightly of lemons. Yeah. Slightly of lemons and parsnip. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Just Actually, lemon. it smells a lot like lemon. Mm, that's that's a good thing in my book, mm -hmm. but yeah. No, I use this on no matter what brush I'm using, unless it is like literally a trash brush that is 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 designed to be the trash brush. But any mm -hmm. brush I give a crap about at the end of the paint session gets cleaned in this. I'm trying to remember if I even have that stuff. Like it's it's four bucks. It saves your brushes. Yeah. But also, like seriously, ser like okay, this is this is my privilege speaking, okay? Okay. So even if even if even if I burn through this Kalinsky brush. Yeah. In two months. Let's say I burn through it. Two months. months. You're painting a lot. Go on. Okay. Let's say I burn through this thing in two months. You just put it in your mouth, right? Yeah. Okay, just want to make sure. Yeah. It's only $16. Yeah, true. 
only? We're at the top end, like $30. Was it Dallas? I Dallas. paid more than that for Warcraft subscriptions. True. Uh, I was thinking um, from from a, a privateer. Uh, Dallas at the, the paint work paint workshops was always putting it in his mouth. I was just like, eh. but he was like, no, it's fine. If the paint's good. It's not toxic. I'm like, mm. oh gosh. Oh, speaking of non toxic. Speaking of non toxic oh. and paint. Yeah, I. Uh, you got you what? I uh, will be trying out the two thin coats paints. They are very powerful. Do not underestimate them. I hear that because uh, I, I went and watched some of the reviews to kind of prep for it. Um, uh, and th- people say they thick. They, they thick are. Pieces. And thick's not even just it's 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 it is a bizarrely powerful pigmentation distribution. Like it is. is sounds great to me. It's amazing like, for like base coats and detail work. Um, I struggled to use it for dry brushing on any like color application it was very it was so good mm-hmm. that even like a little bit of it could spread like wildfire even on a light application so like mm-hmm. if i had a tiny brush and was super careful awesome if i was doing base coats awesome mm-hmm. but like in the middle for me when i was doing kind of more nuanced stuff or trying to get like a oh also trying to do like a wash with it mm-hmm. i clearly don't know how to do a wash with them because it, it was not it was not a pleasant experience i'll just say that mm-hmm. but they are very very like bright strong colors mm-hmm. like one of the best yellow gold ranges like for non-metallic i mean just like yellow and actual like orangey gold were they're fantastic um, i'm actually hearing the metallics are kind of brilliant i haven't used mine yet i think i only got three of them it was a gifted set so and that sounds like uh that's that and so germany was cool it was kind of not the culture shock I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, Essen was pretty chill place. Uh, I like the fact that they had basically a corner store everywhere. Everywhere. Like, like, every corner had a corner store. So that was neat. Like even in the residential area, we ended up having, um, we had this cool ap- apartment we rented out through Airbnb. Nice. That had like this court center courtyard and like three apartments in it. And we wow. had film, and so we just got to hang out in this cool courtyard with a swing and a little dining set in the middle of Germany. You know what that says to me? It says mm-hmm. late night con gaming. There isn't nothing uh-huh. as magical. You know it. What it actually was was late night chilling with the gang and our third roommates, which was the Tooth and Coats crew. Mm, nice. Which is why I have Tooth and Coats paints. <laughs> It's good to be king, but uh, yeah, like I, that would be a cool hang space. I bet that would be amazing. I got like a, like I can't go into like the things we discuss, but like just if you Super if you ever heard of things. Owen's Couch, it was very Owen's Couch vibe. Mm. I have more than heard. I have lived Owen's Couch. Owen's Couch is like the the coolest thing you can do. It was the best part of Gen Con, and and now it's virtual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I stayed up to like. 2 a.m. chatting with Peter, who is like the main paint dude over there, uh, about like various game stuff um, and things and things and stories of and stories of He's GW so secret. Days, he has some GW connections. And I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure. 
yeah so it was this it was very cool very Some chill quality gossip i mean it was it's very it's like i said it's very vo- it was very owen's couch vibe it was very a bunch of industry insiders after mm-hmm. a very long exhausting day mm-hmm. cracking open beers and sodas and snacks and and, just and, and spilling the tea yeah lots of tea was spilled <laughs> i bet i bet like honestly like that was my whole convention was like meeting 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 backroom meeting back that's good though because meetings at conventions turn into amazing things later they turn into things sometimes that i get i hope to hold or print Mm -hmm. i hope amazing things come from this um uh and again like if you are interested in getting into the game industry and i hate saying this because i know it's another privileged border Mm-hmm. But get thine ass to a convention. Uh, seriously. And, you know, there are cons like, you know, actually, it was it you said T-Mex is the name of it? T-Mex, yeah. It, small industry cons like that can be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, If you're talking RPGs, Gamehole Con, which I am so sad I'm missing this weekend because mm-hmm. it's coming up this weekend. It's one of my favorite cons in the world. And mm-hmm. you will meet real connections at cons like that. There's kind of a sweet spot, right? Because mm-hmm. Gen Con, unless you already know you're going to have a meeting with somebody at Gen Con, that is like screaming into a blast furnace. I know. And Gen Con is like Gen Con. Okay, I, I can't. Like, first, I got my start in the industry by going to a Gen Con. Like that's well, no joke. Fair. But Gen Con is more successful if people already know you yes. or want to know you. Yes. So I go to a Gen Con these days without a plan, and I still have a book schedule because I yeah. get invited to a thousand things. Yes, true. But if you don't have connections, the big cons can be intimidating. You should still go. Go, but go for yourself. And then if right. those things happen, mm-hmm. the one thing I will say about going to a con is keep your ear to the ground. And like when you're, when it's getting late and things get a little whirly, mm-hmm. listen, because at that point you might be invited to the weirdest, coolest stuff, or you might end up at like a bar with like mappers or, or whatever it is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, or lunch with Felicia day. Whip it out. <laughs> That would be really cool. I, not as if I don't have enough jealousy from this. Just the spiel, spiel stories alone. Like, I, yeah. Um, then there's also, uh, oh, gosh. Oof. I will say one thing about going to a con of any size. If you're mm-hmm. wanting to get involved in the industry, keep your ears open. Mm-hmm. And what you want to be doing it's finding out how you can help other people solve their problems, mm-hmm. not trying to get people to solve your problems. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Offer offer to promote slash do the things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, if you go to go to panels, mm-hmm. especially the smaller ones, like um, like third party content panels are mm-hmm. great for RPG industry. Um, you know, newer company panels. Um mm-hmm. You're getting an opportunity to give honest feedback that might be like, you know, draw you into somebody's circle. Let's see. Troy said, what? Is there a special Minions of Param shirt we could wear to Gen Con? It's just this hat. You just need to get a cabbie hat. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the best events from my experience are currently kind of post-COVID not happening regularly. Mm. The, the ones I, I had the most connections at. Right. And that and that and connections are fluid. You need to constantly be making new connections and and, yeah. and helping new people and getting involved in new projects. Um, True. You can't rest. You can't rest on your laurels. Yep. 
and you're going to do one of two things. You're going to do a whole bunch of new projects constantly and never quite quite be at ease, or you're going to do the same project over and over and over and over. <laughs> For 14 years. I have done 12 editions of XY campaign setting. Yeah, I, I have. I know those people and I love if them. You have a niche that people love. Freaking do it. Good Lord. How many versions of Rise of the Drow can we get? It's still right? going to work. I did not say that, but <laughs> I was thinking it. <laughs> I mean, more power to him. Thank goodness. I mean, Jonathan's the amazing. Keeps coming right, out. Right, yeah, but like, you can't keep a setting down. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think uh, Legendary has a good vibe similarly. Um, mm -hmm. So does, uh, was, it, was it Frog God maybe does a lot of those. Mm -hmm. And um, what's the last one I was thinking of? I swear Monty Cook games exist entirely on vibes too. And oh, like sure. It works, sure. For them. it works for them. Well, the cool thing to, about Monty Cook games that just still blows me mm -hmm. away is they can do the, the niche thing, like their thing, you know, which I, I I'm not gonna call Cypher small at this point. I think Cypher's probably in what top 10, top five, yeah, maybe easy. even, um, but they can do a 5e version and a Cypher version. And then usually like a third version and like, they can do that. Like not a lot of companies land that, right? Um, same thing for Legendary. I will give them like immense credit for pulling off um, PF1, PF2, and 5e stuff constantly. Yeah, Legendary is like really, really good at that multi-edition publishing. Like it's mm -hmm. it, and also like king of the Kickstarters. Like yes. good lord, they do great Kickstarters. And like never, never fail me. Like mm -mm. Like really good. I mean, sometimes they're really late, but oh, oh yeah. I mean, the, having lived that life though, sometimes that is nothing yeah. you can do anything about. I know. You and know? I, I guess I just sort of like personally invested because like the last one I was involved with was the Kingmaker one where I actually wrote for it. Mm. And then just like the waiting two years for the thing I wrote to hit public is just like agonizing. I did 18 months. So I was only a little bit over, but uh, like, yeah, I still was way over than what I thought I'd be when I did mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like at this point, Kickstarters are like, uh, weirdly, a, except for our niche, the 3D printing digital Kickstarter, it's like almost just like boom, boom, <laughs> like yeah, like lightning. Yeah, very. Hey, I'm starting to do ones where like you pledged, congrats, here's half your stuff before the campaign, even right, ends. right, like especially if you do the prepay on like my manufacturer, because they take yeah, the frontier one, yeah. it's just nuts. It's like boom here okay i know you love it here here's 200 stls to print while you wait for the rest for the new ones right for the stretch goals basically whatever it's so great yeah. i love it yeah no I'm, I'm there for it and there's like it's spoiling me on kickstarter and uh and frontiers and game found it's just like yeah it's such a nice change of pace for the like because like my uh, not counting 3d kickstarters that mm -hmm. like have a hundred percent success rate for me right now mm -hmm. it's like I have a 50% success rate on Kickstarter. It's like half, literally half the projects I pledge on fail. I, I haven't, I mean, I've, okay, I've backed a lot of Kickstarters mm -hmm. if you've ever looked at my page, but um, I probably only had two or three fail and then a couple of my friends have had a couple fail. Um, on, only one of them really sticks out as like, how did that happen? But it wasn't, it was more of a communication glitch than it was like a real failure. Um, but there's been a couple, like a fidget toy that I was really looking forward to, an electronic cat box that never came, <laughs> and a couple other things that were kind of weird. But the gaming ones usually come through for me. I don't know, 50-50 on mine. Uh, and some of them nowadays, I'm, I'm wiser and, and more knowledgeable about what is possible in the world. So like sure. some of these I wouldn't have 
pledged in on if, sure. if it was today pair. But some of them are just like, you know, the D and D documentary. Like that was a tragedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But now, but we ended up getting um we ended up getting several really great documentaries not related to that since then. So <laughs> my 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 needs are satiated. Sure, sure. <sighs> Anything surprise you at Shabiel? Like like completely catch you off guard with this awesomeness or or was there an absence that was notable? I'm just curious. Uh no, no, no. The the, the only thing that surprised me was an entire world of games that I had no idea existed. Okay. And like not just because of language barriers. Yeah, there was definitely like a whole lot of this thing is German. I don't speak German, so of course I've never right. heard of it. There's sure. like a whole bunch of like games that were published in Europe that just never made their way over to the state side or don't do the convention circuit over sure. Here. I mean we're starting to see a little creep like that, like Dragon Bane mm-hmm. finally came over here and then Fabio Ultima. Did you see that by the way? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Fabio Ultima was there. Yeah, cool. Cool. I mean, they were Gen Con, um, but uh, and um, the Dark Eye, or I can't pronounce his yeah. German name, was there. Uh, I uh, Ulysses was there. I got to invited to the Ulysses party. Cool. That was really fun. Neat. Um, and met some really cool there. Met Ulysses blacksmith. It's like evidently Ulysses just has blacksmith. Just has like, one, like yeah, on retainer. Like he made like a dragon, steel dragon that's on their banister, and like another one for the CEO's office, and. It's like, sure, why not? Bring me a dragon. I want to be that that successful where <laughs> like I can just board. be like, I need an iron dragon. Here. Yes. Uh, yeah. And honestly, like the dark eye, it was weird. Like the dark eye was like what we would consider like D and D level branded. There, it was like right, gigantic right. booth with humongous. I'm sure. Thing. Instead of when I usually see the dark eye booth at like Gen Con or PAX, it's like it's this little corner booth on the side next to the Pathfinder section. And she's yeah. like, no, this was like, this was their home. This was their turf. They were yeah. the king and I was the guest. Nice. Um, do they have a lot of physical product support for like, do they do minis with Dark Eye? I've never played it. Uh, they do 3D printed minis. Oh, uh, we we interviewed the crew. Uh, we interviewed Vietlissies. They're doing uh, 3D printed Dark Eye stuff. I would very much, uh, I'm still sub to them, so. I need to go download and print some of that. Cool. Neat, neat. Alex, hello. Hello, Alex. He has joined us at last. Oh, yeah. Um, besides that, everything was just crazy chaotic. And then I made the long trip home. Uh, Full of and plague. Then did the week sick with COVID. So mm-hmm. it was not fun. Uh missed Oktoberfest. Yeah. By a matter yeah. of minutes. Yeah. No orcs for me. No orcs for Param. I did miss whatever weird thing happened with the cell phones over here or something. Like I was out of the country when that. You mean the alert? Yeah, I have no. Like my phone didn't alert. That was you know it was just an alert, like emergency broadcast alert. It wasn't that big a deal. I mean, people are posting like it was, but. Like but, I, I was um, just did, completely off. I was like, what do you, what's going on? What's this zombie apocalypse everybody's reading <laughs> about? Like nothing is happening to me. I'm in Germany. Did you uh, get to try any good food? Uh, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to make a lot of our German fans not happy. Oh, no. I had the bread was amazing. 
bread. Mm, fresh yeah. bread is usually good. Bread. So super amazing. Had lots of different things that were bread based. That was absolutely lovely, lovely, lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, I cannot comment on the beer because my medicine means I can't drink alcohol. Okay. So I did not get to to experience German alcohol, which I hear is also supposed to be amazing. Mm -hmm. um, I have I've heard the same. I had um, a German kebab. Which kebab? It's not a shish kebab. It's just very like vertically roasted meat, shaved incredibly thin, and put into a wrap of bread and seasoned with toppings and tasty as crap. That Sounds like great. a gyro to me, but it was very gyro like. Okay, but was not. This was the German take on the concept. Hmm. I mean, it, I'm intrigued and I would like to subscribe to that. It newsletter. was tasty. It was wonderful. And then because everybody and their mothers was telling me I have to try schnitzel. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the gang took me to the best reviewed schnitzel place in Essen. Mm -hmm. I'm this sensing was, this is what you're not going to be is, popular for. Where it went south. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't bad. Because I, I love schnitzel because I was going to be fighting words if you said you didn't like it at all. But go uh, on. I was just, this was not the revo revolutionary ambrosia-like food that I was led to believe it was. It was a gigantic chicken nugget. But <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> it was, was it like was it thin? It was thin. It so was... The, the, did they serve it with a gravy or with a cheese sauce? Uh, a, some sort of sauce. But was it like white or brown? Do you remember? Red. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Um, it was tasty. But it was not. You did, you did not hear the, the choirs no. of uh, dancing German It was people. a chicken nugget made of pork. <laughs> it was a pork nugget. Okay. <laughs> you might get a little hate for that. I, I, I was like, this is... This is fine. I will happily eat this. <laughs> and I did. But I, mean, I, lo I love them, but I also okay. like it. So it it was like a, a country fried chicken steak. That's what I thought you were going to say, which I won't necessarily disagree with. I mean, usually the breading is a little bit more contained. On mm -hmm. the, yeah, the breading was thin. It yeah, was nice. it's not. It's more crispy and yeah, thin. Mm -hmm. And it was it was it was edible. It was great. <laughs> It was not great. It was good. But could you 3D print one? <laughs> Based on the consistency of what was in it, I'm almost certain we, we could. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, so we were watching this rerun of this awful. Um, mm -hmm. Have you ever seen the show Wolfpack? No. It, it was an MTV show, and they went into their 3D printing episode. Uh huh. <laughs> and it was so bad. This oh, no. mammoth FDM printer to make um, uh, munitions to start fires for an arsonist. And it just like so many things about it were cringy. <laughs> just could like to, to have like a hobby kind of, it's kind of like, um, was it the, the Lost in Space where they, the first like 3D printing, like they 3D printed a gun, you know, and it was mm -hmm. like super drama. And I just was kind of like, man, this is like cringy and bad breaths all in oh, the same gosh. bundle. But speaking of, that is a news item. New York uh, state legislature, uh, they've introduced a bill that would make buying a 3D printer require a 15-day background check because of its capacity to print a firearm. 
I don't think it's going to pass or would stand up in court to challenges, yeah. but yeah. it's newsworthy and related to us. So if you're in New York, maybe That's buy your printer now. Or, you know, buy it across, hmm? across the, the state line. Just well, yeah, drive over to New Jersey. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to name names, but that's what I was like. <laughs> yeah, I was in New Jersey for a few hours. On this trip? Yeah. Air- airport? Yeah. Or... Newark Airport, the one that the New York airport that's in New Jersey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I've mostly only been in JFK. I was also at the Cincinnati airport that's in Kentucky. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's fun how that works. Then I ended up in Dusseldorf and then took a cab to Essen. How long was that drive? Like half an hour. Okay, so it'd be like going to, yeah, the con the con years probably. Well, it's closer than that. So, anything you can tease that was like coming up from anybody? Well, uh, Time Forge was showing off the Eve Online board game that looked super cool. Nice. Um, they also had um, a really cool gimmick with their demos. If you uh-huh. ran one of the demos, they had this initiative token that you would use to play the game with. So, you've got initiative for this turn, initiative passes, you know. Wow. Uh-huh. Then you could, at the end of the demo, you could take that token to mm-hmm. a gotchapon machine that you would put the token in and like crank the thing and get a little capsule with one of their minis in it. Neat. That was so cool. I like that. Um, that's fun. And clever. That's that's about it. Like I I I was just kind of I hate to say it. Like I was just so laser focused on the job. And yeah. Then, like when well, when I had free time, it was like. Uh, my focus was I'm at Germany, not I was at another game convention, like the yeah. 18 I go to every year. Well, like I, I've definitely had those like Gen Cons, right? Where you overbook yourself and mm-hmm. you're you're working it and you're going to events and you just by the end of it, you're not really enjoying any oh of it anymore. Gosh. And you just want to like <laughs> the two yeah. Gen Cons I did full hosting on, like actually doing all the live streams for Gen Con. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I was so dead at the end of those. Oh, I bet. I, was, I bet. I was and completely depressed. It was like, it was so much work, so much like 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 ten hour days of being quote unquote on yep. doing this, what we're doing right now, mm-hmm. and like being super hype and super positive. Just could not can you cannot you can't do it about that like sixty plus hours of streaming and then just like ah probably not though I get pretty excited at Gen Con but yeah you're, you're probably right I, honestly at this point now I'm much more like mm-hmm. uh, schedule the the must haves mm-hmm. and then like. Hit hit your, you know, flexible hours after that. You know, like get your like we wanted to see tales of the valiant and we right. went to Gen Con and we went we scheduled those and we scheduled a couple other things and then it was just kind of like hop in, you know. And then I got to hop in. I wouldn't have gone to Dragon Bane if I had overscheduled myself. I you know I just stopped by every day, saw what the line looked like, and finally was it Sunday morning? I want to say or I want to say Sunday morning. Uh, they were almost completely empty, and I got in. Oh, Lorcana was that spiel. Oh, did they manage their line? <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> it turns out that the spiel is much more about enforcing the lines and the flow of traffic than Gen Con was. I, I, I might have opinions about that whole situation, but go on. 
Oh, I'm yeah. glad they did that. I'm glad they did that for at least safety reasons. Also, there was less lying. Like, the hype, I think, for Lorcana is dying. I mean, honestly, okay, so, you know, one of my lenses into the, the hype world is TikTok, of course. Mm-hmm. And the month it came out, mm-hmm. lots of Lorcana content. Right. Lots. Almost all of the people have gone back to magic that were on Lorcana. You know, like. Well, it helps that you can buy magic cards. True. True. And that, yeah, there's not a predatory marketing, um, like a secondary market going on, right? Yeah. I mean, not as much of one. Not as much of one as there is for. But like the Lorcana, like you literally can't buy it. Like all the local stores I went to to see, like how many Lorcana boxes they ordered and pre ordered and pre ordered by the deadline date. Uh huh. Like one of them, like we pre-ordered 40 boxes by the deadline date. How many did you get? Zero. Zero, yeah. Well, yeah. Like I'm seeing a little bit of that with the licensed uh, magic sets like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Doctor Who, before it was even out, was already being marked up like a big chunk. Same thing with Lord of the Rings. And so I guess, you know, being Disney, their own property and licensed and, and you know, all this stuff. Like, I mean, I guess it's technically what, Ravensburger? Yeah, Ravensburg. Yeah, and that's like not... um that's their first card game, right? No, they did. Oh, it's their first collectible collectible card, card game. game. Sorry, yes, yeah, the first CGG. Uh, yeah, but but yeah, th- this is a little different, and um, it feels like maybe not was not prepared. <laughs> We're not prepared. I don't know. Who knows? But it's not three D printing, so who cares? Yeah, I'm sure there would be all kinds of cool three D printed accessories and stuff for it. Like, hmm. I, I'd be surprised if there aren't. I bet you. I bet you. There's already really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a, hopefully a good season of stuff like that, where you know we're seeing all this uh, new new properties and stuff come out, and and old properties returning. Mm-hmm. Like I'm hype. I'm hoping. I was actually hoping we had more creators in the the chat tonight, because you know what today was. What? Uh, I'm you know wearing this. It'll give you a narrow hint for what why I would be excited about today, but specifically why I'm excited about today. No, mm-hmm. it's Planescape Day. Oh, the new Planescape set came out officially today. Wonderful. Mine was savaged. I've already had to submit a return request because it was it was yes, and (laughs) does not put a lot of faith in the um, now internalized distribution system of Wizards. By the way, I don't know if you heard that news. (laughs) Oh boy. Yeah, they like, got. I heard the, that they were cutting all their contracts, which is with Random House and everything. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I had assumed they'd be using Amazon as their distribution, but I don't know if they are. Mm-hmm. So, anywho, I will tell you this: my first experience receiving a product directly from them, it was destroyed. So um, I'm having to begin an arduous process of getting a refund for it. Well, back when I got product directly from Wizards as a game store, mm-hmm. destroyed was a common description of the things we would get. Yeah, so this yeah. doesn't sound like a new problem. It, it doesn't, but I will tell you this. I worked in Bar- Barnes & Nobles for 17 some odd years, and Random House boxes were very rarely, mm-hmm. very rarely damaged. So I, I bet you <laughs> there's some, some item line in that budget decision that did not get considered. But who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're going to make more, even more money. Rawr. But yes, Planescape. So what I was getting at with all that is mm-hmm. there is an entire bestiary of new critters and old critters. And I know some people have already been reaching back, you know, even like like Comet Lord already did a bunch of stuff. A couple other people. I know Epic's done a, a few, but there are some, some new monsters, the Time Dragons, things like that, that we had never seen before. So hopefully we get some of our, our uh, 
creators diving on these critters because there's there's some really cool stuff and you know a lot of opportunity to do takes i would love to see some off-market dabuses for instance or dabu i don't really want to say them it's like the whole sigil versus sigil thing because technically it's canonically sigil but um <laughs> but yeah i know like 90 percent of everybody i've ever talked to says sigil yeah but, um, i'm gonna say sigil 90 percent of the time uh, but yes having talked to the creative team that did it it was sigil but anyway hmm. um yeah so there's a bunch of stuff and um you know blasted samiflange i will just point out that a lot of that art is online if you feel inclined to to check it out if you don't want to uh pay the thing but anywho, so I'm hoping we're going to see some of that um, because we're definitely seeing something else that I don't know if it was like a plan or not. Mm -hmm. But um, oddly, magic is getting a lot of uh, synergy with um, 3D printing because we have a whole bunch of stuff for Ixalan that I've seen suddenly materializing in people's stuff. We've got, you know, mm -hmm. the um, vampire conquistador Ixalan bad guys. Mm -hmm. um that they're tying to this bat god thing and there's um we got the um uh, uh pirates and, like and pirates. speaking of pirates Ian lovecraft's also doing an amazing new pirate kickstarter that just kicked Ooh. off Ooh. yes i've seen that or heard about that. yes oh no it's amazing it's called rum and something some rum and um, um, um. now of course i'm blanking on the other word it's r and r rum and something I'm is sure you'll find Kickstarter? it. Is it a tribe or what? I think it was a Kickstarter. Hmm. But anywho, uh, so we got pirates. And um, of course, we've seen some kind of Mesoamerican uh, warrior types and dinos. So I'm hoping we'll see some more of that because that's coming in. And if you haven't heard, I, I've already made a big like to do about this elsewhere. Mm -hmm. um, but um, uh, Ixalan has been revealed to be on Mistara which is an OG D&D setting um, because the next setting is um, hollow world, uh, hollow, sorry, har, hollow or not hollow hidden caverns or lost caverns of Ixalan, which is turning out to be the hollow world setting inside of Mistara. So basically um, Ixalan is a continent on the other side of the world and the known world never fully got like populated, although the map is ridiculously big and the hollow world even added a whole bunch more. Um, but they, during uh, magic Barcelona con, um, let's slip that the ancient Ixalan ancestors were the Oltex, which is totally the um, name of the culture that's in Hollow World from Mistara. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, super cool, exciting to, for me to see that. And if you're like a super DD nerd, but people seem to be jumping on that in the 3D printing zeitgeist because we have all this yes. like Ixalan stuff coming. Hopefully, we'll see more. I'd love to see some takes on some of those gods because the artwork is crazy cool weird caterpillar like goddess things and and like dinosaur handed demon monster fire breathing things <laughs> i mean like some of the coolest stuff and i would love to see some people tackle some of it but um again it also segues nice to that kind of planescape space um yeah I, i'm i'm hyped for this uh this this new kind of age of of uh, proliferation of at least D, D ideas uh but you know me i was like the weird stuff and I'll, I will take a Tyrannosaurus Rex there fist is... over a tentacle. I'm just saying. <laughs> so there is a... There is a? I've, I've blanked now. I've blanked. Uh, was it about Tyrannosaurus fists or tentacles? No, no. <laughs> it was about owlbear mounts. 
Uh, oh, Albert Mounts. Oh, yes. Artisan Guild. I need to shout out Artisan Guild. This month they released the Hobgoblin set and the Hobgoblins were riding Albers. I did Watch see it. that, of and course. Because which... Artisan Guild makes all their minis mounts swappable between them. They are. So you can now have Albert Mounts for anything that Artisan Guild has ever made. You want Wood Elves on Albers? You got it. You want goblins on owlbears? You got it. You want dinosaurs on owlbears? You got it. If you just want six awesome owlbear poses, that too. Yeah. They're available without the saddles. They are without the saddles, but I did see that. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, I had to convert a Duncan Rhodes mouse to ride on owlbear. Because in my mm -hmm. um, Wednesday game, I have, in fact, a monster cowboy who rides an owlbear. Uh, yes. His name is Clover. He's a little cute mouseling, and his his uh, he calls it a hootger, mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's an bear, and its name is Honey, and um, it's adorable. Anyway, it's wonderful. Um, it's called Rum and Raising, by the way. Uh, the Ian Love Ian Lovecraft. It's already like ads for that. Has it started? Yeah, it is on. It's already almost fifty thousand. It's way funded. Of course, we know that because Ian Lovecraft uh, has delivered almost everything I've ever heard of that they've been involved with. I think they yeah, maybe supported love Ian stuff. They supported the one project that wasn't theirs that was a little um too close to Hobbiton, I should recall. But that wasn't their the, fault. The, the buildings he made appeared in the next set he made anyway. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, David, hi, Rum David. Rum raising. Rum and raising. See, it's like rum raisin cake, but it's instead a cake full of rum and pirates. A pirate raisin. ship from Ian Lovecraft. Oh, yes. heck yeah. Oh, but look at the pirate, like the pirate shantytown thing. It looks oh awesome. my gosh, this so is cool. The freaking boat in the roof of the tavern. Yep. Dude, I, I, Ian, you've outdone yourself. This is awesome stuff. It makes so anyway. Um, again, because of Ixalan, I'm like more and more like, do I need to run an in-person Ixalan game where I'm like printing pirate towns because uh, there's there's a pirate fleet, then they have the vampire, you know, whatever. And I believe Titan Forge and Epic both have some like conquistadory, uh, clericy looking things happening that could easily be turned into our our um, vampire, sorry, vamp, vamp, vampire, you know, ex colonizers, whatever they are. And then, uh, yeah, we've got the um, the dino sets too. So I'm excited. Hi, David. Hello. David's popping in late, but I, I think we we had a couple disrupted weeks. So hopefully, we'll 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 get our rhythm back here now. I love the sea fort too. It's just oh, it's wonderful. just an incredible set, and it's like early bird was like 39. Dragon Trapper's whale. Although that, to me, the Dragon Trapper's whale would be more like Spelljammer. Uh, it's still an incredible piece, though. I don't know. It's like five feet long, though. I I have yet to master FDM printing that I could successfully print that and not like lose my mind because I'm sure it would just fail and fail and fail for me. This is making me really want to get the new freaking Neptune with the Clipper software so I can just pump these out. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to do that. I'm really. I'm but you already have a three, don't you? That works pretty I good. No, but doesn't three it? doesn't have Clipper. Like the the when you have so the difference between a, a, a 3D printer without clipper and a 3D printer with clipper is that the 3D printer with clipper is five times faster. Fair. <laughs> I love this cargo too. Like I love having 
like little scatter bits that I can keep for right. like a lot of times I don't have time to 3D print the whole maps and stuff, or I'm just GMing in a con and I'm traveling light. So right. I, I throw stuff like this and bedrolls and doors and stuff and pillars so that I can just like throw down the 2D map and then decorate it with 3D printed stuff. Sure, sure. Like get that like um was it Pathfinder has that warehouse map, right? Mm-hmm. Just throw in a bunch of the physical props. And I have tons of the the flip maps. They're just like textures without mm-hmm. any next oh, yeah. at all. So yeah. it's like wood texture flip, flip map, stone texture flip map, water texture, grass texture. Well, and you could even do like um, some of that, like uh, was it cast and play did that just, they have just like a ship wall. Mm-hmm. So you could just kind of like create the outline and then just mm-hmm. fill it up. Although I really do like the boats in this. They look fantastic. Look glorious. Yeah. I'm gonna have to, yeah. Like as soon as this episode's over, I'm I'm I'm, cl- I'm pledging in. I recommend it. I don't know if the early bird's still there, but you know me. Uh, the forty-four dollar early bird is still here. Yeah, maybe not if this episode keeps going. <laughs> right. Although I think it's time based, so I think you might be okay. No, I don't think is, it was. Uh, was it numbers? This is number based. Oh no. <laughs> Lots Ooh. of cool ships. Yep. Yeah. Oh, this is lovely. This is absolutely lovely. And then, of course, just like every Ian Lovecraft, this is a chance to go back and get the, like their other stuff at stupid prices. 20 bucks for Frostguard, one of the best sets you could get. Did I get Frostguard? I think I did. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to have to go look. Oh, Frost 2, which is the one I talked about that had all the the Rohan stuff with the Rohan filed off. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Dark Alley, Atlantis, the Feywood set, which has the cool freaking dragon that looks just really, really grim dark. Yeah. Uh, Lovecraft stuff. Your your stuff is just great. Uh, pledge in, really, gang. It's just it's just some of the best terrain you can get, and it's super easy to print on an FDM printer. All right, uh, so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, do you have anything else to shout out to, Kristen? Um, just if you are one of my Eldritch Horror Boys, mm-hmm. something that you don't normally see from a, a creator who's a fantastic creator anyway, but White Waterwolf Ta- Tavern mm-hmm. has a, a very cool um, eye-themed set this month. Kind of got some serious Beholder Nothic vibes. Mm-hmm. So if you want some, like, eyeball beasties because i do love my eye monsters um fantastic set there and i would definitely check it out because it's not something i would expect from white wolf tavern so they, they do fantastic work i just wouldn't expect that from them if that makes sense all right until next time you can find us at printergames.com if you want to get any of our previous episodes or find us on any of the socials i'm jefferson j thacker also known as param I'm Kristen Sowards, also known as Seventh Mastery, and don't forget to use your screen protector.